0: And welcome to Green Pass Gaming's midweek catch-up. I am your host Flap, and welcome to our show. And as you can probably see, we have three quarters of the GPG crew with us tonight. Hello, chaps. How are we doing? Good evening, all. Yes, and very well, thank you. Hope you're well. Excellent. Yeah, all good. Um, it's been a while <laughs> since. Yeah, it's been a while since all, fours, all four of us have been together. <laughs> well. <laughs> We're still missing one. <laughs> That's what I mean, yeah. So hopefully hopefully, we'll, uh, we'll we'll all get to the Avengers or GPG crew will assemble fairly soon with all four of us. But um, until then, we're going to have some fantastic chat tonight with uh, uh, Luke and uh, Pucks. Uh, we've got three topics to get through tonight. Um, and I thought, to be honest, I thought as we kind of approach june um and perhaps the xbox game showcase things might start tailing off news wise and get a bit quieter but uh how wrong can you be it's been quite a busy news week this week and there's quite a few xbox type topics to sink our teeth into so we're going to get crack on with those uh we've got three topics and the first one is around xbox's potentially lost opportunity with regards marvel games second one uh, game pass burnout uh, there's been some um Some things going down on Twitter recently around Game Pass uh, burnout. Uh, And the last one was one that I think hit today or yesterday, uh, and it's around um, Xbox uh, X and S and PS5 Pro, or potential launches of those machines, but we'll be digging into that and uh, scraping at the surface and trying to find anything that we can out of these topics. Um, Chat. If you're listening in the chat, thank you very much for being here. If you're listening after the show, uh, please do like uh, uh, like and subscribe. Don't forget you can comment as well. If there's anything that we say that you disagree with, just let us know in the comments down below. That's absolutely fine. And also, if you want to carry on the conversation after the show, because these conversations do carry on, please join our Discord. Link in the description below. So without any further ado, let's, let's crack on straight with topic number one, shall we? Um, it's uh, it was I think it was earlier in this week that uh, that it was actually revealed that um, Microsoft were offered a potential partnership with uh, Marvel, according to uh, an executive uh, Jay Yong uh, of Marvel, uh, and they were offered a deal back in 2014 after they'd uh, after Marvel and Activision had pretty much mutually parted company after a deal that they had together. I don't think the the Activision games were too hot, too brilliant. Uh, I don't think the sales were too good, so I think they both decided to sort of part ways and, and try it on their own. Um, and One of the amazing things that came out this week, that actually Marvel approached Xbox to see if they wanted to uh, partner up and work with, the, uh, work with Marvel titles, um, and they were turned down. Microsoft actually turned them down, stating that they wanted to work um, closer with, the, with their own first-party IPs. Which has amazed some, and it's led to lots of speculation on Twitter and on the internet. So I think I'll come to you first, Luke, if that's okay. Was this a bit of a surprise, or, and was it the right move for Microsoft to make in hindsight?
1: Um, I, I, I don't think it was a surprise within the context of the time. You know, if you look at um, what Microsoft were doing first party wise and just in terms of how many studios they had. I don't think they had any resource to be able to make these games. Now, they could have gone out potentially and, you know, roped a developer in. But it was also around the time, you know, where seemingly the budgets were were pretty dire for that division. So, and I think they were just trying to focus on, you know, stalwart franchises of their own, uh, like Halo and Forza, Gears, Gears, et cetera. The usual, usual, what we say. Um, So uh, I think, you know, Uh, In hindsight, it's um, it was an understandable decision, I guess, uh, because they just weren't in a position to do it. Um, You know, longer term, it's had some ramifications in a way, um, in the sense of obviously they haven't had any exclusive Marvel games on their platforms, and you've seen through. PlayStation, the massive, massive success of Spider-Man, and obviously Wolverine coming now as well. Mm. So um, I think, you know, yeah, not, not surprising, but I think they'll be disappointed to some extent that they couldn't have done it back when they had the chance because it would have been something good. For them, but there's nothing to prevent them going out to Marvel now and stuff, and, and trying to do a similar deal for a different franchise. But I just think that uh, Microsoft probably even now aren't really looking at it as something they want to do. I think they just want to keep pushing on with their own IP. Um, you know, yeah. lots of studios, lots lots of IP, and uh, and. I think Marvel are probably very happy as well with how they're performing on PlayStation, so they're probably just focusing on that for now, but who knows what the future will hold, you know?
0: I'd say one thing that this has done is it it has given us the perspective of where th- just where things were in 2014 compared to right now and like you say i mean my god you know uh, this is gonna you know this is gonna sound funny because i know there was a lot of um, sort of stick and press around the halo gears and forza kind of memes it's the only three ips that xbox had uh, and according to you know the, the last three releases uh, <laughs> it's possibly the only ones they're going to have in this sort of 2022 if gears does do uh, pull something out of the hat for for christmas launches in sort of a marcus phoenix type collection um But actually, yeah, when you when you when you pull back the curtain, you know, when you look at all of the IP that Microsoft now have compared to twenty fourteen, it's actually an amazing journey that they've been on. So, you know, I appreciate we're kind of coming from the perspective of a huge dose of hindsight and stuff. But Pucks, um, yeah, do you think Xbox are kind of kicking themselves after they, you know, after they've seen what PlayStation and, and specifically Insomniac have done with the with the Spider Man title?
2: Um, I don't. I don't think so, no. And okay. I, I kind of mirror what Luke said, really, in that maybe they did a bit. Maybe they thought, oh, if only he was in the position then, as we are now, that maybe they could have done something. They might have You know, I wouldn't be surprised if there was many thoughts along those kind of lines. But ultimately, nothing that you can't, ch- nothing that you can change, right? So there's, I can imagine they're not spending too much time mulling it over. Um, but even then, I don't think it's a massive loss by any means. I think. I know there's been uh, there's criticisms about some recent releases from the Xbox side of things, but at the same time, there's also a lot of new things to look forward to, a lot of new IPs coming out, which, um, you know, a lot of gamers are really excited for. And I think even considering how like how big Marvel is on its own, I don't think, I mean, I appreciate, I'm, I'm yet to play it, I have to admit, but I appreciate my, uh, like Guardians of the Galaxy is really good. But at the same time, I, I do kind of feel that a lot of, Almost movie tie-in like games, even though I know this isn't directly that, but those kind of things I think I still feel like quite a niche market. And the same with Spider Man. Like arguably, it's super popular and it's done super well on, you know, on PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five, and it obviously helps sell you. And it's being, especially being the one of the release games for the PS Five, right, uh, the Miles Morales uh, version. But again, I, I do feel like they they feed a very specific niche of people that are into. Marvel and superheroes I I can remember I'm pretty sure there's so many people out there who don't give a toss <laughs> about wanting to swing around a Spider-Man and therefore probably not play the game so I think a lot of people are just looking forward to those new IPs I don't think it's a massive loss in the long term I don't really think they're kicking themselves because I think again we know that Xbox have a lot of really cool and interesting looking IPs coming in the nearer end. And we're going to assume longer term as well, especially with the uh, the showcase happening in what a week and a half away? Is it two weeks oh, away? Yeah, yeah, about that. So, <laughs> so mm. I think there's more to look forward to than to kind of really worry about this having been a problem. I don't even if even if Microsoft did have it, I don't think much would have arguably come out of it anyway. Well, so
0: I mean, yeah, there's a couple of things, isn't there? You know, even if Microsoft were to have have taken up the offer from from marvel we wouldn't necessarily have still ended up with a fantastic spider-man game like we've got on the playstation um so there's always that but but had we have ended up with a fantastic spider-man game um it makes you wonder how the xbox one generation might have kind of changed or or have have arrived at the new generation slightly in a a slightly different place but um uh, it's interesting that you said luke uh, around the money side of things because from memory i think back in 2014 insomniac had just finished sunset overdrive which was an xbox exclusive back at the time um and so you know insomniac were probably struggling well looking for looking for their next project potentially um Do you think it was a financial thing? Because obviously, you know, you think about Sunset Overdrive, it's not a million miles from from Spider-Man anyway, kind of traversing a city and that kind of, that whole kind of feel and genre. Um, Yeah, do do you think um, it was a financial thing that Microsoft just, you know, just didn't want to go to at least Insomniac with it to see see if they were up for it?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, um, I think it was documented around that time that they just didn't have, they weren't being given... Budgets for big new projects, Mm -hmm. essentially. Um, So um, one of which would have been a Marvel property. I mean, I think the Spider-Man thing probably came. I don't think when Marvel pitched working with Microsoft necessarily that it was based around Spider-Man. Although I'm Mm -hmm. sure that was, you know, one of the things that Marvel had at their forefront because it's Mm -hmm. effectively the most popular, you know, comic character in the world that they that they own. and uh, I think probably Microsoft may have been interested on some level, but clearly not enough to to, to go and front the cash for it. Whereas I think for Sony, it just made a lot of sense. They, they had worked with Insomniac really closely anyway over the years on Ratchet & Clank. There's, they're now freed up. You know, they've got nothing. To, well, I mean, they've probably had stuff to do, but they can take on a massive project. If you're Insomniac, you absolutely jump at the chance to make a Spider-Man game and, you know, do it justice, really, not have it just be a crap Marvel, uh, you know, movie tie-in or, yeah, some kind of cheap, low-budget thing, but have it be, you know, an amazing game. And I think, you know, I think Jay Ong, you know, of Marvel said that they wanted to go out and beat Arkham. That's that was yes. their aim, you know, because yes. that was the gold standard of, of comic book games. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, Spider-Man does does beat, you know, Arkham. I mean, they're both Ooh. absolutely yeah. amazing. So. Um, mission accomplished, really, for Marvel. And for Sony, you know, they made a ton of money. They sold an insane amount of copies. And, um, I mean, it's it's a, it's a successful, you know, as I say, Spider-Man. I mean, comic book movies, Marvel movies, they are the highest-grossing movies in the world. They're not a niche. You know, mm-hmm. they are the dominant form of cinema, effectively. And if you can translate that into a game... Then you're making a lot of money, and that's what Spider-Man did. So, uh, and I expect Wolverine will do really well as well. So, um, yeah, but I don't, I don't think Microsoft will regret it. You know, they just, they just couldn't do it. Like, if you can't do it at the time, then, then it's nothing to regret really, because he just wasn't in their capability to actually go out and and uh, and and do it at the time, Um, or, or if it was, they just weren't interested. So,
0: it's interesting because I think Phil Phil Spencer was just in the infancy of his reign at that point. I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Yeah. I think.
1: As well, they had a lot more issues to worry about than getting yeah. a, you know, franchise <laughs> yeah. game out there. They had, yeah. they had to really go back to the drawing board and and think about what does the platform mean, what value can we offer, how do we differentiate ourselves, how do we win consumer trust back. I don't think a Marvel franchise game would have done particularly much for them. They had bigger fish to fry, way worse problems than than that sort of stuff. Uh, so I think it was probably low down on the agenda.
0: Who knows? They might have even tried to crowbar in some kind of connect functionality. So, thank God that didn't happen.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Spider Man swinging through New York. Exactly.
2: Imagine doing that on Grip the camera. Out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, we've got so, a question uh... from Scott Pucks. Yeah, so Scott says so it says uh, the butt in there is because he's saying about how most uh, movie tie-in games basically sucked before 2014. <laughs> Um, but Scott's question saying, but a genuine question, when did games based on movie IPs actually get good? I really, um, I really some half decent Star Wars games, but generally they had a reputation of being bad until Spider-Man. I counted this a little, but a tiny bit by saying that um, I've, Toy Story 2 on the PS1, it, a lot of people, that has a. I, mean, I know it sounds bizarre. Quirky. That's it, niche. No. <laughs> It is, but it actually has a bit of a cult following. A lot of people are really liking it. And it's all kind of come to light again. A lot of people call it one of the best movie tying games ever. Sorry, uh, it's it's, hang on. Toy Story collection. 2 on the PlayStation yeah. 3. Oh, uh, wow. PS1. Oh, PS1. PS1. Yeah. Wow. It's, and it's coming to the new PlayStation uh, PS1 classics. <laughs> so, there's, your, S- there's your subscription sorted then. <laughs> so it's been given a bit more it's been given a load of light recently a load of people saying that. oh my god yeah this is one of the best games ever what else It's not but you know what i mean it's a lot of people are remembering that it's actually a really good movie tie-in game i think hmm. arguably uh, spider-man one like sorry the spider-man games on the ps1 i remember a load of people really seem to like as well yeah, so I mean uh, a Spider-Man thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean obviously Sony and S- Spider-Man have a close relationship anyway. I mean the the font on the PlayStation 3 was the same as the Spider-Man font, wasn't it? Um so there's a close working relationship. I mean, what do you think, Luke? What what do you think the first what was the turning point? Uh,
1: was it was it Spider-Man? Well, I don't know. Uh no, well, I don't know because there's a I mean there's there's a you know, when we say movie IPs Spider-Man, you know, and games of that ilk, they're not really based on movie IPs. They're just based on a comic IP. And you can either do a movie tie-in on those mm-hmm. games because they have movies, or you can do something a bit more faithful to the original material of the comics and or do a hybrid of the two and really just focus on making a good game based on the IP of Spider-Man in this case. So I think the first comic game... To really be successful was probably arkham
2: yeah, um
1: yes. to to really be an exceptional game based on a comic ip um and, and spider-man the, obviously you know the 2018 spider-man or whatever it was released now isn't based on the movies it's an entirely new um story and creation so uh yeah i think over the years there have been some decent movie tie-in games that also related either to comics or star wars <laughs> Uh, yeah. Star Wars has had a lot more of them. I mean, if you go back and have a look, you know, Knights of the Old Republic, mm-hmm. you know, early 2000s, one of, probably one of the best RPGs ever made yeah. based on a, a film IP. So, um, you know, that was pr- probably the first really great one, uh, but there might be ones before that. But, yeah, I think Spider-Man solidified that kind of the first Marvel game to really hit that spot of being mm-hmm. an actually great game. Uh, on its own.
2: So it Astro Views Games in the comments as well um, says that they remember the PS3 slash 360 Wolverine game. Apparently it was a ton of fun. But again, it kind of falls yeah, it's, in it's line with good. what you were saying, Luke, about you know it's arguably a comic book character rather than... Although that game, was that based on the movie at the time? Or was that just a character-based
1: thing? I can't even remember now. No, I remember I playing it, but I can't, I can't remember.
2: Astro Views Games also mentions about the PS2 Lord of the Rings games being quite good. Because they were, were they directly those, based on yeah. movies? To obviously some I think they degree. were, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. They were, they were quite, quite heavily based on the movies, actually.
0: He's, he's put on your Toy Story as a masterpiece, and he's not going to hear any other words against it. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll have to. You, I, yeah, I've never played that. I'll have
2: to. I'll have to take. It. Well, you can try it soon when the service comes out. So here's <laughs> one for
0: you. What's the best film based on a game? <laughs> The best film the best, based on a glare. There's, really. there's not yeah, many, wow. sadly. Yeah. Um, so
1: Raider. Best film based no. Wait, when's the new well, when's the, well, new
0: the new Uncharted? The, new Sonic the Hedgehog's, the Hedgehog's <laughs> done really well. Sonic the Hedgehog, I like yeah. It. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah like that's like, pr- like probably it, Sonic. Oh. Wow. That that'd cheer up um, BMG. Yeah.
1: probably probably Sonic. Uh I don't think I've seen quite a few actually, but they've all been terrible. So Silent Hill, that was terrible. Mm. Uh, the Max Payne film with Mark Wahlberg, that was awful. Uh, <laughs> I haven't yet unseen Uncharted, so no. I mean, clearly it's quite beloved because it's been very successful. But it, I don't know. It's quite divisive though it,
2: between the gaming fans and movie critics, though, isn't it? It's yeah, weird, I isn't... mean, you're,
1: you're going to get that anyway. Yeah, uh, but
2: yeah. But I people expect is it nolan north whatever his name is like a particular i can't remember his name maybe that is him there's some actor they thought yeah. he looks like nathan drake and they've gone oh no this is just this is a prequel to how he becomes nathan drake so that's kind of justifying why they use tom holland but we had this discussion a couple of shows ago right we did how we did. you know he, he's arguably too close to still being spider-man to have done the role but yeah yeah hey yeah. Who, who am i to say oh scott says did anyone like the resi films and ash reviews games also says that they genuinely loved Mortal Kombat 1995
0: wow. movie. <laughs> <laughs> who was in that? Um, I can't remember who was in that. Um, oh, who was in that? I can't remember. Let us know, Ash, if you remember. Yeah.
1: I think the Resi films, I think maybe the first one of the the Miele series was okay. And then after that, they just kind of became really bad. I also saw the recent Resi film. Uh, which is oh. pretty bad, is it? Uh, oh, okay. Albeit, albeit, yeah. it's quite enjoyably bad, uh, yeah. and it's very, f- it's fairly faithful to the games, which was quite nice. Oh, so. Okay, That's
2: pretty cool. Um, it's interesting you bring up about game-based films, though, because I'm sure I read today, um, but apparently um, it's floating around. Let me if we look it up that there's going to be a Horizon, Horizon movie. Yeah, TV apparently? series. Oh, I TV think it was series. TV
1: series, wasn't it? Uh, oh, God, yeah, Horizon, yeah. God of War, and Something Grand else?
2: Turismo. <laughs> oh, okay. Grand Turismo apparently. Oh, oh you're not joking. Um, I thought you were joking. <laughs> no, no. This is an actual yeah. article. I'm, yeah. Apparently they've Grand got no, Actually, Sony confirms Horizon, God of War and yeah. Grand Turismo TV shows are in development.
0: I mean, I guess. Oh, I, know, I mean, if Sony have these IP, I guess it kind of makes sense for them to actually stop, you know, shoving stuff over into the film kind of media side of things. I mean, historically, they've never really worked out particularly well. Yeah, um,
2: Gran Turismo was that just going to be like a Need for Speed? Knock-off yeah, I was going to say, is that a Need for Speed? <laughs> yeah.
1: Thing? Well, you've also got uh, Ghost of Tsushima, a film being made.
0: I was like that, samurai, uh, is it? that I yeah, can see. confirmed as well? Yeah, that's yeah, confirmed. I can see yeah. that. That, that um, would kind of make because you know it's a fairly decent story to that uh, and the whole samurai thing. I can see that.
1: Um, yeah, Horizon, a good one. I think that's being done yeah. in partnership with Netflix. Right. Netflix that one. God of War is being done in partnership with Amazon Prime. Gran Turismo, don't know, uh, but Who knew? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Bizarre. Uh, but it makes sense. It, you know, they're looking to get the brand out there mm. more you know and get these get these to become even more household obviously we got last of us TV series in production as well so um, I'm looking
0: forward to that I mean I, I absolutely yeah. adored the last mm. of us as a franchise I, uh, I really do uh, like yeah. I say I've got very strong yeah. opinions on the second one uh, and like I say it's not so much about the first 10 15 minutes of it it's it's the last half that I take issue with but there we go that's a different story we're, we're yeah. still yet to have a conversation as, Luke
1: <laughs> we'll yeah. have to do a show on I that mean one I day. suspect yeah, definitely. I suspect the Last of Us TV show will will probably do very, very well, mm. not just commercially but critically. Um, the kind of caliber of actor and writer that they've got on that is ridiculously high, you know, being done by HBO, massive budget, so I think that will do very well. Yeah, um, do you think
0: sure. um yeah, it just makes me wonder how they're gonna pitch that because obviously we've got one and two and the story kind of completes on some level. Makes me wonder how they're gonna crowbar in or where they're gonna kinda Yeah, insert the yeah.
1: story. <laughs> I mean we don't we don't know how many series you know, seasons they're gonna do or, or anything like that. I suspect it will fairly closely follow the first game, but I'm sure they'll do changes, you know, I'm sure they'll mix it up.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, going back to the original topic, I did have a question, and this is a bit of fun, really. If if Xbox had taken up the offer and they wanted an internal studio to do it, who would have who would have produced the best Spider-Man game from Xbox's internal studios in 2014? Which, from memory, is Mojang, Coalition, Three Four Three, Turn Ten, Lionhead. Is there anyone else? Let me know if I've missed anyone. Chat. Coalition? Could Coalition have done a Spider-Man game? What would that
2: have looked like? That's a tough I question. Think,
1: uh, yeah, I think they'd be the best choice, wouldn't they? Oh, um, I argue they are probably the best choice, mo- yeah. Most reliable out of, that, out of that. You know, most reliable and have experience on third-person games. So... Yeah, that's true. Probably them.
2: Uh, and, you know, For- graphically very talented as well.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: When you say Lionhead, I mainly think of how could Peter Molyneux potentially mess up a Spider-Man game? But I'm sure there's many ways. <laughs> well, again, he'd probably make it a Connect
0: game like Milo. Who could forget <laughs> yeah, yeah, Milo? True. Who could forget Milo? <laughs> Still trying to forget
2: Milo, I think. Um, Ash Reviews Games to the comments says, imagine if Microsoft bought Insomniac after Sunset Overdrive and then well, got them to make a Spider-Man well, for Xbox. I mean, it, it's, it's documented that one of the reasons
0: that Sony bought Insomniac... And I, although it's one of the reasons, I would assume it's a relatively small reason, but just how brilliant and how successful Spider-Man was. And the only reason I say that is because Insomniac, or a fantastic studio anyway, you don't necessarily need a Spider-Man to want to go after Insomniac. Um, but the fact that they did do that, and it was a fantastic game, and it really is a fantastic game, I do love it, um, just clinched the deal. So, you know, things could have been very different, like you say, had had some certain decisions been made. Like I say, Phil Spencer was still in his infancy. I don't think he'd um, he'd schmoozed the the higher executives in in Microsoft and had actually pitched to them where he wanted to take the Xbox brand at that point. So it's just probably bad timing on Xbox's part, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, things could have been very different. But just you know, like I say, it it opens up some speculation around what the Xbox One generation could have like had they had
2: another massive IP like Spider Man. But well Scott asked a question. Scott respins your question actually, asking, rather than Spider Man, what Marvel slash DC franchise would you pick with any Xbox studio they currently have? Brackets including Activision Blizzard. Um Ash reviews has already come back in and said that they'd like to see a Blade game, <laughs> possibly. I don't, I don't know. know if if you any particular Marvel or D C franchise, yeah. you think if they could. I'd love to
0: see there. a decent Deadpool game. There is one. There is a Deadpool game, but it got pulled for um, licensing issues, I think. I don't think you can buy it anymore. So, mm. and, and I actually got the game after this had happened. So I had to go into a local store and get a secondhand copy of the disc. And it's a really good game. I really like. It's a bit clunky around the edges. It, you know, it needs some polish. Yeah. But but the humour and stuff and it's mm. really kind of on point. And I think you know I, I love Deadpool as a franchise, and I think lots of other people do as well. And it seems to be a little bit of an underutilised franchise in some levels. I guess it's limited in some in some way but um because you know the stories are kind of play second fiddle almost to to the to the actual action and what's going on in, in some regard um but yeah i'd love to see a deadpool game that'd be pretty cool who would make it who would make a deadpool game Cracky. Mm.
2: <laughs> asking the real questions yeah
0: Ooh, I don't know let me have a think about that one yeah, well, go on, go on. Let's let's open it up. Who would make the best Deadpool game out of all of the current Xbox studios, including Deadpool. Activision Blizzard? Hmm.
2: Um, mm. I think I don't know. I, I can't help but feel that because uh, is it it's Turn Ten doing Fable, isn't it? <coughs> is, that, is that right? Playground, Playground. No, sorry, Playground. Yeah. Um, in a way, seeing that they're doing something like Fable, it, I know we don't know anything yet, but it's just the fact that you know, there's the the possibility and a massive opportunity there for something great to come out of it. And I kind of feel with almost giving the IP to someone who hasn't made a type of game like that before and seeing, you know, again, from just a a teaser that looks quite uh, visually appealing from that point of view, it's like, well, do you chance giving it to someone actually a bit left field? Someone who you don't know what they would do or do something completely different to the fact that actually, because of the fact they are, green to a particular genre of game, would they actually whack it out in the park, you know, rather than just say sticking to their their own specific genres. Mm. Um
1: I think uh my choice would actually be for a Deadpool game would be machine games.
0: Oh machine games. Um, okay
1: because yes. if you yeah. if you play Wolfenstein the humour is very irreverent like Deadpool is it's yeah, very true. silly. It's over that's the top point, lots, yeah. of goal, mm. lots of gore lots of gore uh yes, they you know, predominantly not first person shooters, but they're making Indiana Jones. I doubt that's gonna be first person. Yeah. So uh I think they'd be prob almost the perfect studio to, to do that type of game if you wanted a studio. Oh, good or show. really left field uh id software, because again, Doom Eternal, Gory, wow. obviously first person shooter, silly kind of humor, you know, tongue in cheek, fourth wall breaking, it's all yeah. Deadpool stuff. Yeah. So Yeah, that's a good um, point, yeah. Wow! So one of the, one of them, probably yeah. machine games. Wow!
0: But well, what, uh, what Marvel games would you want to see be made? What, uh, what? Uh...
1: I think Ash uh, nailed what I would have picked, which was Blade.
0: Okay. Uh, oh, you so, love Blade,
1: yeah. Yeah. Love Blade, um, and uh, I think, yeah, it would just make an awesome, mm. awesome but, IP for but, a game. Yeah, yeah you that's do quite cool stuff.
0: It's quite dark and gritty, isn't it? Like yeah, hmm. yeah. yeah I'd
1: probably make- give that like someone like Ninja Theory.
0: Oh wow, be really good to make that wow. kind of game.
1: Um, you um. know, experience in third person stuff. They can make it very dark. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that'd be a good choice. More blade, please. Hmm.
0: How about someone like Arcane?
1: Uh, I, I don't know what they. would I guess it. <laughs> It depends on what they'd make, wouldn't it? Like, uh, yeah. w- you know, what, what Marvel slash DC IP kind of suits their style. I mean, mm. um, I think all of them could. I mean, I'm sure all of them, if you gave them, just said, "Here, here's the catalogue of Marvel IP, here's the catalogue of DC IP, think about it, a game you could make. They would have tons of ideas yeah. about what they could do. So any of these studios, they're supremely talented. So, it would uh, be fantastic. I think it's fun.
0: It would be fair, yeah, like you said, be no, go, fantastic go. to do that, wouldn't it? Just to, you know, just to see who would do what.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah,
0: Blade's a good one.
2: Yeah, Blade is a very good one, actually. Um, Pucks. I'm arguably going to be a bit boring on this one, but I would love to see a decent Iron Man game. Oh, because I know there was an Iron Man game that came out of like 2006, 2007, or something, which I personally remember being pretty trash. For perfectly honest. Um, I don't remember it being too good, but I'd love to see a decent Iron Man game in like a similar kind of play style to something like either Spider-Man or the Arkham games. Yeah.
0: Like nice. very, to be able to very...
2: de- de- develop that character in the story and like again, not from a movie, but make it its own original thing, like maybe go for a new origin of how he becomes Iron Man and just the idea of potentially like walking around, potentially pretending that you're a Tony totally Stark one point and being able to press a button and maybe all the parts jump on your body and you like jump up in a fancy animation and Whiz around the air or something like that that'd be pretty you know. cool have you have you I, played I, I, any
0: of the Lego Marvel stuff that's pretty cool no that I is. haven't I've got
2: okay. I, I know on PC through the epic games you know, like free games you get every week a couple a good, maybe a year or two ago now I've got the Lego Batman games 1, 2 and 3 on there um, I just need to have the time to play them there's too many other games I'm playing at the moment my backlog is the biggest I think it's ever been so it's priorities
0: <laughs> yeah I'll get that well, fantastic. Well, thank you. I mean, that's kind of taken us down a bit of a rabbit hole. Uh, um, yeah, like I say, I think, you know, hindsight's a powerful thing. We're all experts in hindsight. Um, I did I did actually quickly run a poll uh, on what other people's thoughts on this were. Um, was Xbox turning down the Marvel offer in 2014 a good thing? Um, it, it stayed 50-50. It's only 35 results. But um, lots of people say, no, I want Marvel on Xbox. Uh, and like you said at the top, uh, Luke, you know, that could still happen. That's, you know, that's not... It's not out of the yeah. out of interest. What was your vote on that?
2: I uh, voted uh, definitely. I don't think it was a good, uh, a bad thing.
0: Um, I was Xbox turning down the Marvel offering to a good thing. I put, I put yes. I think it was a good thing that they turned it down. Yes, because yeah. I just, I just don't think we would have ended up with the Spider-Man game that we ended up with. Uh, and if you take Xbox out of the equation, you know, I just want the best games that there are, and I appreciate at the time it was a third party developer doing it anyway. Um, But, uh, it just, it all worked out for the best, I think, in the end. I don't think Microsoft would have made it any better than it currently is. So we might as well leave with what we've got because there was a, a fairly big chance it might have actually been worse than what we've got now, if that makes any sense. So, uh, yeah, no, definitely. That's my take on it. Okay, well, fantastic. Thank you very much, chat. Thank you very much. Great questions coming in from the chat. That's good. It's kind of like I say, stretching us, pushing and pulling us. Fantastic. Well, well, with no further ado, we'll move on to topic two, if that's okay. Uh, and this is another one that kind of blew up on the internet. Um, actually, I meant to take a screen capture of it, and I, I didn't, so I do apologise. But uh, there was a bit of a shitstorm earlier in the week when uh, Gene Park of the Washington Post tweeted that he was unsubscribing from Game Pass. Um, he he in, Within the tweet, he admitted that he barely uses it uh, and went on to say that maybe the June showcase will change it, meaning... Uh, his mind on cancelling but I was promised new exclusives every three months and we just don't have that Um, I played Trek to Yomi so pretty much saying that he's going to cancel it for now um, temporarily whilst there's nothing on the horizon Um, and this really did lead lead to a bit of a shitstorm Uh, and like I say we'll come on to that um, lots of fanboys jumped all over it, lots of the PlayStation fanboys jumping in to, to have a bit of a swing and a dig saying, you know, it's a rubbish service, it's full of fillers, all, all of the old sort of cliches that we've we've heard in the past. Lots of Xbox fanboys coming to the rescue saying, you know, it's phenomenal value for money and game delays happen and, you know, uh, there's lots of truth in everything that's been said, I guess. Um, but then Kotaku came wading in um, with a... With, I think I've got it here. Actually, with this tweet, I'll I'll flash it up on the screen in a sec. And it it actually reads, after years of hype, the Xbox Game Pass burnout is here. And again, that kicked off lots of conversation. Um, And the Game Pass Twitter account actually responded directly. And it says, uh, I'll flash it up on the screen. Tell me you limit yourself to only AAA games without telling me you limit yourself (laughs) to only AAA games. Which was quite a, a quite a good funny burn, I think, to come back. But then, in exile, actually came back and um, um pasted over the top of this the golden ratio symbol because, as you can see, it's <laughs> ratioing pretty well, um, making Kotaku look a bit stupid. In all honesty, um, and you know, while this is all a lot, you know, a lot of fun, and you know, you can sit on the sidelines. It's quite a good spectator sport. You know, there was some questions in there I thought we could bring to tonight's show and actually ask. You know, um. Is there burnout in, in Game Pass, do you think? Do you think there is an element of people that will actually think, mm, well, nothing's going to happen now for the next, well, till early next year, potentially. Uh, I think I will cancel my subscription. Um Pucks, is that something you've ever considered? And, uh, and have you seen people
2: online uh, mentioning this at all? Oh, I've seen loads of things mentioned online, people saying this. Uh, hmm. I myself, I'm not too fussed because in a way I like knowing, sorry, I have no intention of unsubscribing anytime soon uh, but that's because i it's not just it's not just from the fact that you know I see the value and coming from that angle it's just also knowing that in my own mind that if I want to sit down and play a game and maybe I'm not feeling anything that I've currently got downloaded i've like I've got like I have any and every opportunity here to go through this massive list and go that game I looked at a couple of months ago, which i didn't well I didn't fancy at the time, you know time has passed my mind has changed or the different mood that i'm in or whatever else i can then look at something and go actually you know what i I want to try that and i can download it and it could become you know what the best franchise ever for the period of time that i play it and i think that it's more than just there's no big exclusives coming out so therefore it's not worth the money because it's all about the offering and what it can do for other people i think it seems to be a lot of a lot of people on the internet seem to follow this mindset of it's only for the big games, really. And the indies are just like a, a whatever. They're just like an add-on. When I think the reality is the, the opposite. It's Not only are indie devs themselves striving from the service, and I've seen I've seen some um, tweets on Twitter from some devs who have put their own games on there, saying that there's such a massive issue with, um, or concern, I should say, around how these indies uh, are going to get their money back. Because, of course, if you're not on some, on a service like Game Pass, where... You know, you speak with Xbox and you communicate some sort of contract and then you get given a load of money up front. A lot of people are saying, a lot of devs have been saying, sorry, that if anything, putting their game on, on Game Pass immediately covers most, if not all, of their development costs as well as their marketing that they would have done, would have have to have done prior anyway. So by not only taking the money to have their games on Game Pass, they also arguably get some free marketing there because uh, more people are going to play it, more people could potentially review it online, more eyes are then going to see it. And then if people aren't on Game Pass and the game's available on other services, it's then a big opportunity for, then these, for the, these people to go to the game and buy it. You know, If it's on PlayStation or Switch or PC or whatever, people can then buy these games. So it does good from that point of view. So I think the argument that we're not getting AAA games every three months like we was promised. I mean, for one, I don't remember, maybe I'm wrong, maybe it, it was said, but I personally don't remember ever hearing or seeing anything along the lines of, we are going to give you a AAA game every X amount of months. Even obviously that was before the pandemic, and then that's obviously caused a lot of delays. Understandably so. and of course, there's now currently the you know the the crisis going on in Ukraine and that kind of stuff. A lot of devs over there are understandably having to delay their games, a lot of which are have some prominent following that people are really looking forward to. So there's all these different circumstantial reasons why think like delays are happening and things aren't coming out as early as they can. So I think the argument that I'm going to unsub to this because I think it's a load of tap because I'm not getting what I was promised. It was like, well, no, one, you wasn't promised anything, and <laughs> like, you you are free to do it if you want. If any, like, is it arguably irresponsible to say something like that if you're a prominent head? I mean, yes, I know that you know people are, should be free to say whatever they want, and they are, but it's <laughs> it just seems so. Well, uh, irrational uh, how this whole thing has blown up to everyone. Like, I know people have been having a bit of fun with it, saying that oh, I'm now going to list my subs. and I think that like, Wonder Dutch did it, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> like all just tongue-in-cheek stuff, you know, but I just find it ridiculous how it's blown up to the level it has. Well, that, And that's the thing, so, you know, in fairness to Gene Park, uh,
0: you know, it, it was a bit of a throwaway comment, and he did say it's only a temporary thing, and, you know, he's, there's obviously some frustration there around the game delays, which I get. Um... Yeah, and I completely agree. I don't think any of us were ever promised that we were going to get a triple A game every quarter of the year. I know Phil Spencer alluded that they would like to be releasing um, a first party title every three to four months, but I think from memory that's the extent of of anything like that has been mentioned. Certainly, no promises made. Uh, Luke, you know this seems to have fallen into a. Um, you know, if you if you subscribe to uh, Game Pass, then you like then you like the the fillers and stuff, and there's no triple As coming along, so there's no reason to subscribe to that service. It's 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 a bit of a strange argument, isn't it? I'm not really sure why it's blown up like that, other than perhaps fanboys using it as an opportunity to sort of lob grenades at each other. But um, you know, is it fair for someone to think actually these games have been delayed? I'm I'm going to unsubscribe until something bigger comes along.
1: Yeah, of course it is yeah like that's absolutely fine um people do that for netflix prime any subscription service if you don't if you don't feel like it's giving you value at this time unless you've got you know unless you're happy just having the subscription uh, and playing what's on there anyway uh then it's absolutely fine to cancel your subscription that's an entirely personal choice um and you know um <laughs> You know sometimes you keep subscriptions around to play games that are in there already or to watch things that are in already like i'll never cancel disney plus why won't i ever cancel disney plus because even if there's nothing coming out on it it's got every season of the simpsons that's enough for me to keep me subscribed i don't need new stuff so um i, I don't understand why it blew up in in either sense because on the one hand it's just a throwaway comment and i i think I genuinely believe that that's a fair comment to make. Right. If, you're, if you're, the reason you're subscribed to the service is big first-party games often, then if you look forward at the slate of this year, Xbox doesn't really have much of that that we know of right, or that we can conceive of. So if that's a value in the service and you want to cancel it, that's fine. That's no problem. Um, are you missing out on potentially great other experiences? Yes. But you are on any anything like Netflix or Prime or whatever. There are things that come out that take people by surprise. I'm sure nobody was sitting around on Netflix or, or there were people sitting around on Netflix cancelling it thinking there's nothing coming out here that I'm interested in. Oh, there's a show coming up called Squid Game. Who wants to watch that? And then it blows up and it becomes a phenomenon and gets them to resubscribe, you know. So it's stuff like that. Um, the reaction to it has just been totally bizarre because on the one hand, you've got, you know, Xbox fanboys let's call them like hounding Gene Park to say oh well you know it's ridiculous and this and that which is a weird argument in of itself because if he wants to broadcast that he's canceled something i don't really find that particularly offensive if you find that offensive you're weird to be honest i think he did if you do find it a a sweet offensive- way. Yeah, he didn't he didn't go Game Pass is yeah. shit. No. Like no. I, it's not oh, worth yeah. the money, you know, it's not worth the money that I give to it. He just said, "Look, I just don't want to subscribe to it anymore." I was pro you know. I think that you can take umbridge with the fact you could say on a factual basis will you promise three or four games um every uh whatever it was, a game every quarter, right, basically. Um and then was that language as you alluded to that F- Phil said what they want to be in a position to do is in the future have it so their first party is churning you know, one game every quarter, one big game. And that's a really admirable goal. I'm sure they will get to that at some point. But that takes a lot of years of planning to do. So maybe you could take umbrage with the fact that that's just an incorrect statement. But if you find it offensive or you have to defend Microsoft or defend Game Pass as a service, you're just weird. You're just a weirdo <laughs> on the internet. Like I'm really sorry. And then on the other hand, if you're someone who doesn't even subscribe to the service, and you're using that as proof, some <laughs> uh, unfathomable proof that the service is crap and that your your choices have been vindicated, you're also weird. Mm. You're a strange person. You need like psychiatric help because if you're going, if you are using these tweets as arguments to defend or not defend a service that exists entirely to get you to subscribe and you don't have to do that. It's weird. It's just weird. So I just found the the reaction I had when I read the tweet was indifference. The reaction I had when I read the replies and saw the, you know, days worth of comments on my feed, these like tongue in cheek, I'm I'm unsubscribing from blah, 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 or whatever, or, you know, rushing to the defense of one and against the other. The reaction I had was just kind of like, annoyance more than anything. This, this kind of stuff really annoys me. So very bizarre. I mean, in terms of like, is Game Pass burning out, like as a personal thing, to me, it's not like I'll still keep subscribed to Game Pass because first of all, there are a lot of things I still play on there that I'd like to still have access to. Of course I could buy them like Fortress Horizon 5, but there's tons of in- indie games that are coming on that service this year, especially. I'm a big indie game player, so I'll have that. There will be first party stuff, I'm sure, this year. It might not be the huge stuff, but I'll enjoy it. Um, and um, it just, you know, if you're ever in a pinch and you think, actually, you know, it's the summer months, ugh, I don't really have much to play or kind of nothing really takes my fancy, you've got a massive library of games. It's just like Netflix. You know, you just go in and you might go, oh, I remember that. I've played that before. I want to play it again. I want to have some fun of it. So. Uh, yeah, uh, sort of, it's just it's just a bizarre situation, to be honest. Um, Game Pass, it, first party, it's in a bit of a lull. It's going to be in a bit of a lull for a while. It'll pick back up. It'll be great for that stuff. You know, it's already great for the other stuff.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, the thing that I think... There was two things that I picked up on Gene Parks's tweet. And the first one was... Um, well... It, <laughs> It was, well, actually saying that the the one that really got me was the fact that he was going to cancel his subscription and potentially wait for the June showcase, (laughs) um, which I'm thinking, well, that's only two weeks away. So if you've got a month's subscription, then that's a little bit odd. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. Like you say, I actually don't mind this. I I can keep all of this at arm's length and actually enjoy it as a spectator sport, to be honest. Um, Puxley, this... You know, obviously, Microsoft are trying to push, um, or trying to push Game Pass as hard as they can. I, I see Game mm-hmm. Pass um, taking point, shall we say, in the Xbox lineup. It- it's the thing that they are trying to push the hardest, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you know, obviously, everyone's a bit gutted if you're an Xbox fan. Um, probably more so around Starfield than Redfall, but you know, there would have been an element of people that are really excited for Redfall. This is a little bit of an Achilles' heel, isn't it, to Game Pass in the fact that if they can't actually keep, you know, play keepy uppy with their AAA titles, as it were, they are going to drop the ball, and uh, there is a danger that people will actually um, leave the service. Um, which is the last thing Microsoft really want, in all honesty, because this seems to be very divisive around people that are in it for AAA titles and people that are in it for everything else, including AAA titles, if that makes sense. So this must hurt Microsoft. You know, this must come into their decision making when they're having to delay these games, thinking, well, this is potentially going to hurt Game Pass as well. A little bit like you know we've seen with Netflix recently.
2: I would say yes and no, um, mainly because Game Pass. Even though it feels like it's been around for a while now, it's the reality is is that it's I'd argue it's actually still very new and it's still growing as a service and how it works and how it's provided to people. I mean ultimately this thing came out in I believe 2018, if I remember correctly. Um or maybe it was 2019, I can't quite remember which one it is. Um yes. 2018, I believe. Yeah. 2018, yeah. I thought so. Cause yeah, I subbed to it in 2019 on my PC first. <laughs> and even since that time frame, when like when I subbed to it first in 2019, after I built my my gaming PC, the one I use now, um, like the service then was arguably very limited in terms of what it offered and and how it works and how it functions. It was literally just a small window you'd open, select a game to download and play it. But for me, that was great because I I had the advantage then at least because I was only paying, it was the one pound a month Then on PC at the time, it was only 3.99 a month or something. So, excuse me, all I had to do was play Crackdown once for crackdown 3 for a bit which i did at the time because i really wanted to try it out as well as sea of thieves and i'd already made like two years worth of my money back just by playing just by playing them for a period of time that i would have otherwise bought maybe at some point and i feel like this is a thing that people forget it's that i agree over a long period of time if say game pass is as it is is as it is now but we don't get any big triple a release for say another whole year so let's say we don't see anything big until maybe let's call it june july next year then i feel like people may have a bit more of a a reason to say yes there's all of these other titles on here really cool indie games etc but a lot of you know people would come to xbox and as well as the service which you say they're pushing in the hopes of yes i can enjoy all these really cool indie games but i also want to be able to get my money's worth by by being able to play these big games that I don't want to pay 70 quid for. I think because that is the advantage, isn't it? Mm. And people then make this argument that, ah, oh, but what if PlayStation thing becomes a big thing and all the rest of it? But so even though this whole PS Plus service or the premium tier is is you know shaping up to look like a pretty decent-ish game passy thing, it's not quite a game pass, is it? It's it's older titles, which they're they're basically moving. The PS1 stuff is new, arguably. That's the really cool thing. If you're into that nostalgia stuff or just want to experience the older things so that's already a nation its own right then you've got the ps2 stuff which is mainly just being moved from what was on ps now to to this service or what to this new one and then just some other ps4 and ps5 games and they've already said themselves that they're not going to be having brand new AAA releases come out on that service immediately anytime soon at least that's the mission they're saying now so people are making these comparisons to say that oh i'm gonna i'm sorry from the service or whatever else it's everyone's in the same camp i think and yeah yeah of course you need to deliver games at some point but yeah if you leave it long enough i think it will become a problem the argument of you have all of these indies what's the problem i think the reality the unfortunate reality is even though there are a lot of really good indie games out there which are hard to find and discover without games like game pass there are also a lot of people out there who don't give a damn about indies at all and they only want to play those titles. I and mean, that is the unfortunate reality. Even though they have the opportunity right in front of them right now to go through the library and, and pick something that looks interesting, reality is people just won't do it because they don't care. They're not interested in that. They just want to play the big titles. So yes, there's a pool of people which if you don't cater to them, they may unsubscribe, which could be an issue. But then equally, you've got a massive pool of people who, like like Luke said, if you if there's stuff on the service that you are that you're looking forward to because you know they're coming then you don't unsubscribe because it's always a platform that you can reach out on so it's a weird it's a it's a mixed thing and i mean like luke said with uh luke keeps disney plus i unsub and resub to it all the time (laughs) so yeah and i think other people may well just bounce on it like that as well yeah i completely get that uh luke um
0: You know, it is a little bit of an Achilles heel, isn't it? Like you say, you know, your subscribers will go up and down. But Kotaku come wading in like they did, trying to make this about triple A's and stuff. It's just, I don't know, I I don't know what your your thoughts and feelings on Kotaku are, but it just seems like they come wading in just to try and drive some traffic, just to stir up the shit a little bit further. Like I say, as much as Gene Park's kind of tweet, I thought was. Kind of measured and kind of okay. I think Kotaku's was kind of coming in to be a little bit more pointed. Um, I don't know what your take on that. What did you make of Game uh, Game Pass's response as well? The that, that Twitter they responded back with.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's look, it's it. Twitter's the domain of the trolls, right? And every <laughs> account, every account can be a troll account. And I think the Game Pass one was just playing that role for that time because Kotaku, you know. Um disagree agree with the article i think whatever you know what i mean like it's just it katago themselves was were, were seeing the furore about about all of this and and reacting to it with a provocative article because they're a media outlet like of course they want to do that they want as you say they want to drive people to their site so um i quite enjoyed the game pass um retort you know i think it's just fair game you know it's that's that's what it is so uh, uh, again uh, <laughs> You know, I, I don't understand quite people getting angry at Kotaku. Um but I also don't understand people that subsequently got angry at the Game Pass tweet reply. You know, that's yeah. also yeah. weird. <laughs> so like who cares? Like just let them like it's just a bit it's just fun. It's just a bit of fun. So I think who, I think the strange thing you, is
0: we're so close to that June showcase. Just wait another two weeks and if if after yeah. that nothing's yeah. come yeah. out, then fair fair game. Cancel your subscription, wait till Starfield, whatever, absolutely fine. But you never know what Xbox might drop in there. And they might have another AAA up their sleeve. They might do. It's not beyond plausibility. Um
1: yeah, absolutely. As you said, it was just weird that it was just a couple of weeks out yeah. from the showcase, but then was like, I'll I'll revisit it then. You might as well just hold on to it in that case and exactly. cancel it June 12th if nothing's coming afterwards, you know? Yeah. So yeah, exactly. very strange. Uh, it'd be like cancelling, you know, Netflix just before their big earnings call and they announce a lot of shows or Disney before they show their roadmap for Marvel, you know, or Star Wars. So yeah, it's a bit weird.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Pucks, where are we with the chat? We've got Sean Abbott, new new to our Discord channel. Welcome, Sean. Welcome to the show. Welcome
2: to the chat. What have we got? Yeah, hello, Sean. Uh, Sean says or asks us, "What's your thoughts on Microsoft developing a cloud streaming style bit of kit? um, Sorry, bit of hardware to drop at the showcase on June twelfth? And are you guys live reacting to the showcase?" So I suppose for the second point, uh, we're not immediately reacting to it, but we, we may well be doing a post reaction. With someone else who I don't know if we've revealed yet. So yeah, no, we have. No,
0: we, we're doing it with Archimedes Box oh, and Burner. So we're doing a yeah. post. Uh, we're doing a post show uh, reaction. So we're not doing a live reaction. We're doing a post show reaction, and the whole of the GPG crew will be joining Box uh, over on his channel, and we'll, we will we will be responding to the news that's uh, that's just being revealed. And I I've got a feeling I watched Colt Eastwood's video earlier. Um, and sometimes they can be a little bit sensational. But actually, I think there's some some truth in what you might be saying around some of the releases that Xbox might be able to pull out of the hat. Um, that there, there may be a reason why Starfield could be moved to next year, if you see what I mean. So it, I think the, the June 12th showcase, I'm hoping, is going to be very exciting. But I am a typical Xbox fan saying that. Just wait till E3. And, and here we are <laughs> saying it yet again. But... Never have Xboxes been in this situation before, with the amount of IP and the amount of studios that they've got. So, if if a year, you know, if there's any year that it's worth saying, wait till E three, it's probably this one. In all honesty, but um, we've we've covered the stream in stick before, haven't we? In fact, it's a puck. It's been rumored to be a puck, hasn't it? Um, Do you think they might reveal that, Luke, this on June the twelfth? Is is now the
1: time? Uh, I I don't know if it's. i don't know would the <laughs> showcase be the yeah when it's a good time but would the showcase be the right place to reveal that because people who are tuning into the showcase are they going to care about that product and i probably guess not mm. so i think they will probably reveal it in the next few months but it will be like a blog post or something like that um rather than uh, i mean that's just i hope not anyway because i don't want any i don't want to Fucking puck taking away from <laughs> other stuff at that show. Yeah, that's a good so, point. So, like, I just wanted, yeah. you know, they could have. We're saying like wait till E3, but they could have a really good show this year. Even if there's nothing really that much coming out this year, they could show a roadmap and footage and different things of really exciting games down the horizon. And ultimately, I those to me, those are always the most exciting E3. I don't really care if the games are far away. But just give me a reason to be excited about the platform right. um, and I think they can really do that for everyone uh, really well so um, yeah don't waste it on a puck don't do that.
0: When you visit the amount of games and projects they've got in uh, in development uh, and these are just the ones that we know about it's phenomenal the you know yeah. the the amount that you forget because I'd forgotten about Indiana Jones and it's like oh we've got the Indiana Jones yeah, thing a yeah. yeah. contraband you know there's all of these ones that are kind of sitting on the periphery that you just forget about and you think well is contraband a lot closer to release than i thought it might have been because we only saw that kind of very brief cg kind of i don't know about 30 seconds long wasn't it just the sort of the i think it was like the lid of a chest that said contraband written on it and stuff so we don't really know much more about it other than it's a an open world co-op kind of heist game set in the 70s i believe so you know if they could shadow drop that or, or at least drop it you know late this year early next year Mm -hmm. that it's like you say it's plausible it's not necessarily going to happen but it's plausible so um and we covered a lot of the um the streaming stuff on our previous show didn't we so it might be worth checking that that out sean um but uh, because we we actually went quite a lot into depth about how they're going to deal with the controller whether it's going to be um a wi-fi control a new wi-fi controller or if this little puck is going to have its own um, proprietary Wi-Fi signal to the controller. We went all into depth with that kind of thing. So, um, is there any other chat that we need to cover, Puxley?
2: Uh, no immediate questions I've seen. I know uh, Indie Gamer says a shadow drop of Somerville, perhaps, which would be quite cool to That'd see. Be great. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Just, just for indie, if Somerville does drop, I'll be playing it on my brand new <laughs> Steam Oh, deck. there it is! Oh, wow, <laughs> look at that! Very nice.
0: Very nice. That's going to light the chat up. <laughs> Excellent. So cool. go <laughs> on, give us a quick synopsis. What, what's it like? Uh,
1: well, as you can see, it's extremely large. It is. Uh, uh, very large. I, I do How? have a switch outside of the periphery, but I can't ah. pick it up. Uh, I was going to say, what's the size comparison,
2: but uh, if it's too difficult. Uh, hang away, on,
1: but... hang on. Let me let me. Uh, one second, one second. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. He's running from room to room now, pegging it round the house. <laughs> I've seen. So I don't know nice if you've seen stuff. that they've actually managed to get VR okay. running from the Steam Deck. It's like, oh my god, have you?
1: So, oh, okay. I'll see if this works. But here is your Switch.
0: Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. By comparison okay. to your Steam Deck, nice. so it's a bit of a beast.
1: Yes. It's, yeah. It's uh, it's quite large, um, but uh, it's a really cool thing. I'm actually. So this is. That's um, Resident Evil Village. Oh wow! Uh, on there at the moment, so nice. uh, yeah, you probably can't see it too well, but that's what it is. So, is it, uh, is yeah, it uh, sorry, an
0: LCD it... screen? It is. Yeah, that's mm. the
1: only that's the only disadvantage I think uh, is that it's a, it's a okay LCD uh, panel, uh, which is ghosted, quite jarring. Does it ghost blue. when you pan? It's not that bad actually. It's okay. okay. Yeah. Um, it could be better. Um, And I suspect future iterations will, you know, improve on the screen a lot. But it's the only, Mm. yeah, it's the only big advantage of this, which is the OLED switch, which has an amazing screen. Uh, But but then on the switch, you can't play Resident Evil Village at sixty (laughs) FPS. So you know,
0: (laughs) and how does it hold up? How does it hold up at sixty FPS? Is it?
1: Uh, Well, yeah, I think the uh, you know Village is um, it can drop, but I mean. You know, you can I'm just having a look what settings I've got it on. But I've got a kind of a mix of uh, low, medium and high, and it's getting sixty FPS and holding pretty steady. So um Does it run uh, hot yeah.
2: or is it okay in the hands? It doesn't like
1: or is it, it uh massive fan going off all the time or the fan does go off. Uh so it comes it exhausts at the uh, at the top there. Yeah. Uh but you can't actually feel it. Uh, there's no heat on the back, really. There's only heat as it starts to go towards the middle here. Uh, But you can hear the fan. The fan does kick up, especially on on stuff like this, um, like Village. But uh, uh, it also has, really, one of the Xbox's defining features, or one of its coolest features, which is kind of the quick-resume thing. So you can't do it with multiple games, but you can put it in standby, activate it, and it drops you straight back into whatever you're playing. So. yeah, it's it's a, it's a super cool
2: Do you see it as think? a s now that you've got it in your hands and you've experienced it, is does it feel like a switch killer to you, dare I say? Um wow. I, I that's a big question. Yeah.
1: That's a I, question. I know loaded question. It's, a, I think
2: it's an unintentional loaded question as well. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think they're different products, right? Mm. So the switch is the switch is a, a different proposition. I think you'll never it'll never be a switch killer in the sense of it'll never play Switch games, yeah, you know, exactly. Nintendo games. Um, so if you if you enjoy that, you'll always get a Switch. Um, I think for someone like Indy, uh, it probably is because he doesn't play uh, Nintendo games. So you've got every Indie you could ever imagine on the deck. You know, you don't have to wait for them to come to Switch, which I think uh, Indy can correct me if I'm wrong, but the reason mainly he owned a Switch was that he wanted a kind of handheld Indie platform. Yeah, I think I remember that as well, yeah. Um, so, but, you know, I've got kind of all these different, you know, this is my library of stuff and, like, it's just amazing being able to play, you know, got Elden Ring down here. Wow. It's not a touchscreen, is it? Or is it? It is. It is a touchscreen.
2: Oh, cool. Okay.
1: So, yeah. So, uh, it's, it's just cool. I mean, it's great. If you've got a big Steam library, especially, it's awesome. You can't play every game on it, but you can play a fair few. So there, that's the Steam Deck portion of the show.
2: Just to fantastic. say, as well, Ash, Revi- Ash reviews games when you first got it out, said, "Christ, he whipped it out, and it's massive." Yes, <laughs> You were, madam, as the actress of the Hunt. bishop. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> fantastic. No, I'm really pleased you showed us that because um, I've I've seen you you'd uh, you tweeted about it and stuff, and uh, yeah, I'm you've, I'm intrigued now. I'm intrigued. I know I've said many times, and we've had many arguments or, or discussions around. I don't know if I have space in my life for a handheld device, but actually, uh, I am starting to be swayed. By that, and I've seen that they can run VR on it. Have you seen that? There's plenty of um,
1: yeah. That's yeah, pretty yeah.
0: phenomenal, isn't it? My god,
1: it's pretty cool, yeah. I mean, it's hmm. a super powerful piece of kit, you know. It's uh it's a really powerful platform that you can do an awful lot of stuff on, even outside just the steam OS. So um you know, I think the sooner Microsoft can figure out some integration with Game Pass, the better, uh, yeah. and and kind of the compatibility with their games as well. Uh, well, they've always
0: they've always said on, cool. on 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 uh, what was the exact word in you know they want Game Pass to be on all of the compatible devices or something along that. And you know you yeah. you've got one in your hands right there, haven't you? That's
2: a device that could play Xbox games that you get Game Pass on. So yeah, I've absolutely. also seen on a uh, on like the game dev Twitter side of things as well that people that have one. Of saying that they've been able to get things like a like a engine and a Unity engine running it and mm. running on it and you know plugging in a wireless mouse and keyboard and they're like doing some dev work on it and it's oh, wow. in a in a very weird way it almost seems like it could well be a cheaper alternative to like something like a gaming laptop to do some more intense dev stuff so wow it's an interesting proposition um, not mm. saying that's gonna happen anytime soon but just the idea that you know. Almost like with uh, back in the day, like you don't pick up a DVD player, you pick up a PS2 instead because it's cheaper. It's like, is this almost the same difference? But yeah, no, that's really just cool. To,
0: just out of interest, and I should know the answer to this one. Does it have a um, a video output? Is it got like micro HDMI or USB C?
1: It has USB C
0: as as a video out. Uh,
1: I th- uh, you know I don't actually know. Mm. Uh, I'm having a look. I don't think it. Does although it does dock via USB C with the Steam Deck dock that's coming out in the future so you can actually monitorize it, but I'm not, think, I'm not. entirely sure.
2: I think USB-C think can should carry
0: video, yeah. but you need a compatible yeah. monitor yeah. or sort an adapter to get it back into HDMI. Yeah. I'm guessing, but uh, you get
2: USB-C fantastic. to DisplayPort stuff, can't you? So
0: yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you very much. We're mm. going to leave it there uh, as that topic, and we're going to move on to our final topic. But before we do, just th- thanks to the chat. Let's just do a very quick shout out. We haven't done one of these yet. Uh, Indie gamer, myseco. Um, Uh, who have we got Arturo Trevino uh, Ash Reviews Games uh, It's Timmy Stubbs is in the chat Back from the Dead Uh, Sean Abbott like I say uh, new member to the Discord channel and again if you're listening and you haven't joined our Discord channel please do Um, link is in the description below so thank you very much for being here we're going to move on to our final topic for today and I think this came about today Um, now I know you you messaged in our Discord server about this one Luke Um, and I, I, I think I know what your views on this are um, but um, it was suggested by the TV and electrics company TCL, which I think are the second largest um, producer of flat screens I- I- in the world, um, that the new uh, Xbox and Series, uh, new Xbox Series X and S, and PlayStation 5 uh, Pro consoles could arrive as soon as 2023 or 2024, um, as uh, mentioned recently in a pro- uh, presentation in Poland. Um, there was a, uh, a uh, uh, oh, I thought I'd uploaded it. I'll, I'll upload it in a sec. There was actually a presentation of screen shown uh, around Gen 9.5 and there were some specs um, actually um, flashed up on the screen as well. Now, it's a bit of a strange one because um, part of me thinking, well, there probably is going to be some pro machines coming along. I mean, the average sort of console generation lifetime is kind of seven to eight years 2024, uh, probably is that still a bit soon? Do you think? I don't know. Uh, and I think another quote that you mentioned, Luke, is well, why would TCL know this this information? You know, is this just purely speculation on their part, or are they are they privy to some sort of um, roadmap? Now, when you think about it, obviously TV manufacturers, console sales can push um, TV sales quite hard, particularly if there's a new technology coming along. So. I'm guessing if TCL want to be pushing 8K and stuff, then they might be looking at console manufacturers to say, you know, when have you got an 8K machine coming? We'll, you know, we'll, we'll do a big push together on this. Um, don't really know how that side of things works, but what's your gut feeling on this one, Luke? Is this kind of speculation on their part, or do they have a, uh, some inside knowledge, do you think?
1: Uh, I just think it's nonsense. Uh, I think it's just pure speculation uh, based okay. on the prior gen essentially um i i mean you know the the world is still in a semiconductor shortage crisis moment um it's getting a little better uh why manufacturers you know uh when did the consoles launch 2020 was it 2020 uh
0: 2021 so,
2: uh yeah Ooh. No, twenty cool. twenty they came out. It was twenty twenty. It, it was the end
1: of twenty twenty. Yes. Yeah, it was the end yeah, of twenty twenty because it's pandemic year. Yeah. Yeah, 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 the main main pandemic year. <laughs> so why would they launch uh, a, a supposed mid gen refresh? You know, three potentially four years. You know, for, let's say three years in because I think the slides did mention twenty twenty three uh, as one of the potential dates uh, when they still can't manufacture enough base, next-gen consoles. Um, there are still huge shortages of PS5s, Series X, Series S, less so, the reasons and rationale for that have been explained. Um, nobody's able to buy these consoles, uh, even if they exist. So, uh, And they're not able to manufacture enough of them. Um, so, you know, and I suspect that this gen will last... F- quite a bit longer than other gens for the reason that they have had these issues in supplying consoles they will need to recoup costs in some way um over time so that they will probably be this will probably be a longer generation so if there is a mid-gen refresh i wouldn't expect it for at least for another two maybe three years um I, I just, yeah, I just think it's total nonsense, basically. I just think it's, it's complete speculation. A TTL might be privy to information. Yeah. I mean, obviously, as you say, they are a TV manufacturer. They would work with uh, platform holders to make sure that some of their TVs carry the sort of features that these consoles need and to ensure compatibility and all that stuff, all the VRR stuff, you know, Dolby Vision, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but there's no way that if they existed for real and they knew that that they would put it be putting it out on a slide to the public essentially uh, and telling people about it.
0: Let's flash that slide up on the screen. So there we are. I've managed to upload it. So uh, hopefully you can see that. Yeah. So Gen Gen 9.5, uh, and it seems strange that the you know the Xbox Series SNX and Pro you know slated to launch a similar sort of time. I mean, I guess that you know they they obviously launched their their base consoles at the same time, so it's not beyond reason. Um. Yeah. Eight K sixty to hundred and twenty frames an hour output. That seems just... incredibly unlikely, doesn't it? So that alone <laughs> is probably enough.
1: <laughs> yeah, fanciful isn't even the right word for that. I mean it's just mm-hmm. like it it just sounds like they had an intern do it and they were just like you know, just make it up. You know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just just do whatever. So um, yeah, very strange. I think look, I, I think what it is is they're predicting where You know console gaming will go in terms of display technology right in terms of the interface between a console and display and thinking what's the next step and i think they've just put it on there because rationally to some extent i guess they think that the next step is is going to be 8K. They've got a lot of 8K televisions to sell. I'm sure, you know, in, in a market where there is no real justification to buy an 8K television at the moment because the underlying media just doesn't exist in the same way that 4K does. So, I, I you know, I think that they're probably looking at that and just saying, look, this is the future. This is where we're going. So we'll be making TVs to cater for it. Um, but yeah, it's just not going to happen. It's just it's like I, I will, I will, I will. Give away my Steam Deck to a GPG viewer if the PS5 Pro or Xbox Next Xbox Series X Pro launches in 2023.
0: Oh, you heard it here. I think you're. I think that's quite safe in all honesty. Yeah. I think you're okay on that. Yeah,
1: one. no, that's. Yeah. I'm very safe. Yeah. I totally mean that, and I'm, I yeah. know I'm safe from it. So
0: yeah, there yeah, no, you are. No, nothing's happening in 2023. Like you say, perhaps I think there's already a PlayStation 5 revision that's happened. I think it's already happening. Uh, it's only a minor revision. I think it helps alleviate some of the potential silicon issues. I mean, it's you know they're not casting it on a slightly different die or anything like that. There is some some minor tweaks that that should hopefully help alleviate some of the production issues. One of the counter arguments to this, though, and we'll come to you, Pucks, on this one, is that actually, you know, um video game technology, as in graphics card CPUs. Seems to be speeding up. I mean, you know Moore's laws. You know, as much as people say Moore's law's dead, it seems to be very much alive. And if not speeding up, if anything, um, the current generation of consoles, the now gen consoles, Xbox Series S, X, X, and PlayStation Five, really are probably the closest they've ever been to a you know a top end PC um, in the state that they launched in. Um, yeah. So. If they were to extend this generation longer, doesn't that just mean they're going to fall so much further behind the PC technology at the time? And so, obviously, games will suffer for it. So, does it then not make sense to actually uh, you know, produce um, incremental upgrades as you go through the
2: generation? I don't think that's a great idea, ultimately, in the long term. Um, I think... Part of me, I appreciate you've got the hardcore heavy gamers who, you know, somehow have all the money in the world who are able to just splash obscene amounts of cash on any new tech that comes out. And, you know, they want the latest thing, the brand new thing as soon as they can and whatever. But the reality, again, like a lot of these things is that the large proportion of the gaming consumer base is or are made up of people who aren't in those positions. They buy that one system, you know, without things like Game Pass, say, you know, maybe buy a couple of games throughout the course of a year or something, or enjoying free-to-play content, or if you are subscribed to something like a service, you can do that. But ultimately, you just you expect to have that system and have new things coming out for that system until the generation dies. Um, arguably, even with the last-gen upgrades, with the One X and the PS4 Pro, yes, there were some titles where it boosted to 16 and whatever else, but for the most part, I would argue that it wasn't fully utilized as much as it could be from what I remember, at least maybe I'm, maybe I'm speaking too soon, but I mean, yeah, I, maybe I am because I appreciate a lot of people do really like the fact that even like, PS4 Pro, you can play things. Oh, if I had it on a base one, I'm playing at 30 frames and this one I'm playing at 60, a lot of people, what a number of an arguably small proportion of people care about that. For the most part, I think most people on a console, aren't too fussed whether or not they're playing at 30 or 60 outside of the, again, like the, the real heavy hardcore, but I don't know. Um, do I think it's unjust or unfair? Do I think it'd be kept behind? No, I don't think it will really because we're almost get. so you're correct in that the whole Moore's law thing. Yes. Arguably it was dead because it got, we almost got to a point. It was like, how can we improve anymore? And then technology, finds finds a way way. as it always does and now we're on this new path of okay we've now developed this new thing this new concept which the world now loves and appreciates and has gathered around whatever that may be and then it you know then new things develop from that technology whether or not that feeds into games or not right so and i think we kind of got a point with that in gaming with regards to things like visual fidelity right for the longest time we were like gaming seemed to be chasing realism being able to push graphics to the max how much they could you know be able to have all this power for nothing but i, I feel like in a way the reality is even though you have all this power it's also becoming up more and more apparent that with more power becomes more uh, much more complexity which means much more time to develop things and there's only so much scope and resource in the world that you can have before a game's released you know arguably yes there are some titles out there which um say they take like seven or eight plus years to develop. And yeah, maybe, you know, that's just part of the beast, I guess, depending on, a, on an ambitious project, but not everybody wants to wait that amount of time. So developers are keeping their time frames within that three to four year development period to make sure that you're catering to the technology of the time. And I feel like by giving people free reign of all the power in the world is a problem, I think, because with with technical constraints become uh, comes creativity on in how you not only tackle problems but how you improve things. So by there being because of the pandemic and chip shortages, having issues with you know you can't make GPUs, so the price of GPUs has gone ridiculously through the roof into four figures now, which is absurd. Like any normal person would should wait, I, I would say, unless you're super desperate and need a, a powerful machine. But I don't think it's going to hold gaming back or things like that because. I feel like, in a way, those constraints help. But in terms of... Um, what's the other thing you asked me about? Oh, yeah, about the mid-gen upgrade stuff. So, do I think it's possible? I mean, anything's possible, I guess. But And it's also not unfeasible, I think. I mean, I agree with Luke, for the most part, in that it seems r- almost ridiculous that it's coming out potentially as early as next year, if not 2024. It does seem too early and for me even though we're two years in it's still again maybe because of the pandemic and stuff and things being delayed understandably as we've discussed before it still feels like we're waiting for this generation to really kick off and us as console gamers to really see the benefit of of super high-end gaming so i can definitely see this being extended but if there is a refresh i i don't i wouldn't necessarily see it as being a like a version two or version like 1.5 or something i would see it more of a if there's i mean because pcb respins in the electronic space happen all the time and it's typically to take it obsolescence so at the time you for those who maybe aren't sure what that means so you'll develop a bit of kit over a course of a good couple of years you'll have all sorts of chips and components on these pcbs and then before you know it something's going obsolete not being made anymore it has a limited t- quantity of items left to buy oh, no, we need to make a new one or what a lot of manufacturers do with arguably simpler chips and components is they just have a new version of it coming out, which might be more efficient, but it's still a different part, which means you have to order a new part, which means you have to re-qualify and retest the whole new board. And by extension, that may then mean re-tracking some of the board where components sit and lie. But it doesn't mean that the system is different. It's fundamentally the same thing. Um, so if there's any form of refresh or anything new that's happening, uh, it's mainly going to be that. Um, but but no doubts they're looking into tech. But given the cost of things at the moment, and again the chip shortages, I don't see a refresh anytime soon. I just think it's it just as Luke said, it just seems ludicrous to think even consider at this moment in time.
0: Yeah, I mean obviously in in the world that we live in, with with chip shortages and and hardware shortages and stuff, it, it does seem like a crazy notion to be honest but that doesn't necessarily stop the designs and stuff being in place and Luke you've always mentioned that perhaps there needs to be a reason to upgrade Uh, uh, perhaps an incremental upgrade isn't necessarily enough of a carrot shall we say to to sort of entice people over to to the new system you know I think ray tracing has got a long way to go I think we you know we're just about scratching the surface with ray tracing in this current now generation there's some obviously improvements that can be made there I'm not convinced with 8k gaming do you think 8k gaming will ever actually be a thing Luke Uh, and and do you think this might also be one of the reasons why specifically a TV manufacturer is kind of um, making these uh, assumptions
1: um i think it will be a thing um but it's not gonna be, even if it is it's not going to be a thing mid-gen this gen. you know for AAA games it's just not going to happen you know unless unless we're um if we mean native 8k gaming definitely not if we mean um you know, will technologies develop in such a way as they have in 4k where you have checkboarding. You know, uh, active on a lot of games or you know, things like DLSS, you know, where you can get effectively four K results from a non four K resolution. Then yeah, we'll get eight K gaming at, at at some point, and then eventually we'll be able to do native eight K games. But they're not going to happen. I can't even see them happening next generation, to be honest. Really? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, no, I, I think it's quite unlikely. So um and who at this point who cares about resolution? I mean, really, like we. I think most people would rather resources put into, you know, um, performance on games and pushing graphical fidelity even further, right? And, and making games as, as amazing as they can look. And you, you, you're going to have to, sacri- between, you know, graphical fidelity, performance, and resolution, the loser at present is always resolution, you know, because people are satisfied enough with whatever you put out In terms of resolution, you know, even 1080p games still look good, Um, but there are so many forms of upscaling, AI rendering, you know, checkerboarding, all of that, which gives you a pristine image, uh, and you're not you're not running at a native resolution and impacting, you know, what. So, um, I think it is just as I said, where the TV manufacturer goes, we guess this is the next step because, of course, they're going to focus on resolution because they're a TV manufacturer. you know, let's see, let's see what happens. Um, But it's, it's, yeah, it's certainly not eight K. It's not going to happen anytime soon.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm not convinced with eight K. I'm not convinced with eight K. I know we we went through the 3D phenomenon, uh, and you know, 3D's been around the the block a few times, and and again, yet again, it hasn't really taken off. Um I think eight K will be more successful than 3D TV. But there, you know, there will become a point where you know this extra clarity, and particularly something as Massively uh, as demanding as 8K, even for TV and Netflix. You know, do we have the infrastructure, um, broadband-wise, to actually be able to stream 8K reliably? Uh, And like you say, you know, massively demanding in in CPUs, GPUs. Um, Yeah, I think 8K gaming is still quite a long way off. And I just don't, like you say, I don't think the actual benefits of 8K gaming actually outweigh uh, the the cost that it's going to take. I think Stubbs has put um, in the chat, you know, uh, 8k tvs are still very expensive at the moment so um other than other than an incremental upgrade to performance with a with a sort of a, a pro type machine then yeah i can't really see it i can see a slim machine perhaps coming along and like you say you know that could mm-hmm. incorporate yeah you know, a series x a disc list series x and things like that with perhaps like you say a slightly different board design uh, that may help um manufacturing uh, both costs and
2: productivity um I had something as well to you, yeah, what you're on. saying. In that the other reason, on top of what you said already, in, in within gaming as well, because I know currently, well, I know it's been around for a while, but currently about um oh 4K texture packs are a thing, but they take up X amount of memory. I mean, 8K is by definition going to yeah. be four times double bigger. plus exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's it's about. ridiculous. Mm. So like the sto- storage technology as mm. its own medium needs to become cheaper and. And, well, and, be- and bigger. Like, we need more storage, and it needs to be consumer friendly. And that is a long way off. I mean, M2 drives, one terabyte M2 drives are only just now <laughs> becoming more affordable. without having to spend like three hundred quid. So, like you know, you can get them you know, on discounts in places for 80, 90 quid now, which is deemed decent. And <laughs> but for a lot of people, that's still that is still too expensive. So, no, absolutely. That is um, another reason to add into your list. Sorry, yeah. Yeah,
0: you know, Stubbs has put another comment in the chat. Pucks
2: um um subs- yeah they haven't showed people what ps5 and xbox or execs can do yet let alone trying to sell a more powerful one yeah I'll i completely, completely agree, agree. and, still- and yeah.
0: the other thing that we haven't really discussed is that although you know hardware can become exponentially more and more powerful the ue5 engine actually creates stunning visuals but with a very similar overhead to UE4 games, if that makes sense. So, you know, software can dig us out of this hole. Not that we're in a hole, but, you know, software can help um, graphical fidelity, uh, uh, resolution, um, frame rates, uh, as much as hardware. Uh, and like you say, you know, on, in the dawn of a UE5, and we're still yet to see a full-blown UE5 game, land uh, and and all of the uh, bells and whistles that that provides as well to actually land yet so like you say you know we're we're nearly two years into this generation well we will become november um, and i still don't feel like we've actually seen the potential of this generation and I, I guess that might feed back into luke's earlier point that because of that and because of the delays and what's going on in the world that could actually extend this generation's lifetime by a couple of years if that makes sense with these delays
2: yeah i agree with that I mean, um, I, I, I do think that if the pandemic like, didn't exist, never happened, that, you know, we'd be in a completely different position, right? We would. I don't think we'd be thinking this. I think it's because of the fact that this has all happened. A lot of people's mindsets mindsets have, have changed. Um, as well as, again, as well as just the delays and things that it's caused, it's obviously delayed the things which are due to, that were due to come out, if not now, in a few couple of months' time, they're being moved even further away, so... Yeah, as you say. Sorry, let me interrupt you. But no, 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 no. Absolutely, feels like this chat has barely started yet. But yeah, in my mind, it means we just have a lot more to look forward to. Like this, that little box sitting in my living room. I just. I just know there's going to be so much cool stuff coming out for it. So yeah,
0: no, absolutely. We're in a very strange time in console gaming at the moment because, like you say, and I know it's a meme, and we've said, you know, wait till the to wait till the next E3 for Xbox and stuff. But it still very much feels like that. And like I say, because of the pandemic and things like that, that that statement is probably truer this year than ever before uh, because of all of the delays and stuff. Twenty twenty three. You know, we said this probably about twenty twenty two to be fair, but twenty twenty three should be the year that this deadlock sort of starts to unlock somewhat because... You know I'm thinking, um you know the company I work for we're we're slowly starting to drift back into the office, you know we're starting to have more and more face to face contact and stuff like that, and I'm hoping it's the same for game developers and stuff, so we will get back to a point where perhaps game development speeds up slightly and particularly with the new engines as well you know there there's lots mm. of um tools in the u e five engine to help sort of um, procedurally generate buildings and even people and characters um So it should speed up at some point, I guess. But it's a very exciting time, but Mm. a very frustrating time at at this moment in
2: time. Another comment from Back From The Dead, uh, who's also said, um, more than resolution or performance, um, they need to work more on minimising game file sizes, which is definitely a thing. And and again, as you say, this is also just beyond... I mean, arguably, you could say, you know, computer science tells you that something takes a certain amount of space because, you know, that's how it works but at the same time um yeah compression technology needs to exist in a good extent but it definitely needs to catch up to uh to make sure we can do it i mean i think fortnite is actually a good example of this because when that game when that came out for quite a long time that's that game's file size was i, I believe like 80 90 gig but that kind of range which was quite wow. normal at, um or i sorry at the time i think that was deemed quite large even when it first came out but then they did a load of internal updates on their end for compression and how the assets are managed and things like that. Um, and just how the whole structure of the game is put together from an assets perspective and how things uh, pull from resources, etc. And it almost halved it in size. So the game now is on average about 36 gig, I believe, or that kind of figure. So they managed to more than half just about the file size just by restructuring how the game is put together. So I agree that yes, yeah, more work needs to be done on minimizing game sizes via things like compression, but then equally, it's also down on each of the independent developers as well to make sure that they structure their game in such a way that it it enables that compression to happen almost naturally rather than having to force compression because of the fact it was put together not as well as it could have been.
0: Yeah, there's lots of technology. We've got FSR 2.0, Luke. I don't know if, is there any games that are running that currently? Um, I know it's pretty much brand new.
1: uh, I think, uh, I think Defloop is. Is it? Um. Okay. Yeah, P- funnily P- enough, I tried PC. that on the, on. Yeah, yeah, I actually tried it on the deck. Uh, funnily enough, um, uh, and it seems it seems to be it's quite good. So, uh, and it's it's a huge improvement over the is first it? FSR. It's actually, oh. yeah, it's actually a genuine uh, competitor to DLSS now. It's not it's not as good as oh. DLSS, but it's 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 a lot closer. Hmm.
0: So you know we DNA two inside the Xbox Series X. Um, there's still so much untapped stuff in there, uh, and it seems strange that the you know we've we've physically got the hardware in our hands. If you're lucky to to be able to get hold of one, we just don't have the software, um, and 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 the tool sets haven't existed for long enough for actually to be able to take massive advantage of these pieces, fantastic pieces of hardware we got, and that's the same for the PS5 as well. Um, it's an exciting time. It's just frustrating, isn't it? You know, the, the 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 promise of of fantastic looking games is just over the horizon that we can't quite see. But I'm hoping come June twelfth, Xbox Showcase and, and whatever it is that PlayStation are going to do, I'm sure they're going to come back in some way that we're going to start to see some some of the you know some of the um, uh, hard work and s- some of these tool sets and some of these delays. Actually starting to pay off, and I think you know, Hellblade Two might be a good one because if that game looks anything like the two clips that we've seen, that's just going to blow me away and think, wow, you know, I cannot wait for that game to come out. So uh, that's fantastic. I think we're going to wrap the show up there, chaps. If that's okay, do we have any last sort of um, any any last things to throw in the ring or any last comments or chat that we need to? Um Stubb said uh, UE five has incredible potential, but don't expect every UE five to be jaw dropping masterpiece. No, that's that's a fair point. You know, UE five is a game engine, and you could make a pixel art two D game in UE five if you really wanted to. So not everything's yeah. going to be jaw dropping. So no, that's a fair point. But you'd like Indie to game think, is just, yeah. Well, someone no, I'm like crossbow, imagine uh, just you know UE five in the hands of the coalition just excites me so much (laughs) if we see anything to do with gear six and i don't think we will i think it will be the um uh, marcus phoenix collection before then which i'm hoping
2: will drop uh, holiday time but that's going to be phenomenal Mm. indie gamer has just come in as well saying compression has to be done the right way in general most creatives tend not to want to compress their media as it can affect quality if not done well which is also true
0: Mm. yeah absolutely Fantastic. Just one last one from Stubbs. Um, uh, God of War Ragnarok. Is that, le- is that launching this year?
1: What I
0: think reckon? so. I, it I-, I it think is. it is. I it's think uh, it is. I, I-, I think I'm fairly if, confident about it. Yeah, I think if, um, if it was going to get delayed, I think Sony would have utilised or capitalised perhaps on the fact that Starfield and Redfall were delayed and I think they would have jumped into that same gaming yeah. lull that we had, if they had bad news to drop as well, you know, kind of let's all soak it up together. So the fact they haven't done that, I still think we're on for a 2022 release, which excites the pants off me because I've got a PlayStation 5 and I yeah. cannot wait to play. <laughs> yeah, so can't um fantastic. can't wait for that. I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah I'm on PS4 I'm and I'm still looking forward to it. So. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, you know what? I think yeah. I think it was Stubbs said it the other day. Actually, you know, just even on PlayStation 4 something like um God of War still looks phenomenal even on even oh, on the yeah. base PlayStation it's 4 it's like oh my god this is fantastic yeah. it does it does show you how they utilized the PlayStation a lot more than perhaps they did on the Xbox 1 to a certain degree i, I know i know the coalition are brilliant uh, and and particularly turn 10 and playground you know they really they're very good at squeezing out every last drop shall we say but there's a difference between perhaps a, a driving game and something like god of war uh, and my god did the did they did they squeeze every mm-hmm. last drop out of uh out of the playstation 4? i i
1: i think cory as well cory barlog on twitter yeah. put a tweet out today um oh. saying something like if, if you've seen if you think you've seen everything there is to see in video games you haven't seen the oh, new wow. God of War yet, you know, so he was <laughs> exciting, he was quite heavily hyped, yeah. you know and that's it's a difficult thing to do because everybody's going to be like, oh yeah of course, you know, if it backfires on him it's not going to look great, but I think he's very confident in it, so.
0: Mm, fantastic, well it's exciting times ahead, like I say, we're just in a frustrating lull at the moment, we've got a couple of weeks until we get the Xbox Game Showcase, I'm sure they're going to blow us away I hope they do, and if they don't then they're fair game, then they are absolutely fair game, because like you say, we've been running this wait till E3 meme for, for Ever it seems, we can't keep saying it. There's, there's going to have to be a point where they tip the, you know, they tip the scales, and this, these games start flooding out. So um, hopefully we'll get there soon. Thank you very much, uh, GPG crew. Always a pleasure. Uh, we'll do it again soon. We'll at least do next Thursday. We'll try and bring a Sunday show if we can. Chat, fantastic. Thank you. It's been absolutely fantastic. I, I love these sort of open chats. Like I say, you've been firing questions at us. I love that. Um, yeah. Uh, let's wait until the, the next June showcase like you say we are going to be doing a an after show um, a review or sort of uh, what do we call it uh, reaction sorry uh, and we're going to be doing that on Archimedes Boxenberger's channel so looking forward to that That's going to be a good bit of a sort of collaboration between us and him um, yeah well safe gaming everyone um, hope you enjoy whatever it is you're playing um, thanks for the GPG crew we'll say goodbye Um, chat you've been fantastic uh, and we'll see you on the next one goodbye